millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome back to Brett and Cliff's Fleet Circus. My name is Cliff and I'm about to welcome Brett and Luke back for the second part of our look at the Beatles Get Back documentary. Um, the first part was released, it might be yesterday, it might be a week ago, but the guys are coming back on now. Um, in this part, we're going to speak to Brett a little bit more about John Lennon. We're going to have more music from Luke at the end of the episode and a little Beatles quiz as well. So I hope you enjoy it. The lads are about to join me. Bloody flew over that, didn't it? It did, didn't it? We didn't really speak to you a lot in the last episode, but John Lennon's your man. What do you make of Lennon in this entire escapade? <laughs> well, much as I've said before, I think he's uh, he's off his tits, isn't he? Uh, <laughs> that's the thing about him. I mean, it, 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 what I was thinking is it would be nice if this was, I don't know, Sergeant Pepper or something they were making, do you know what I mean? A revolver to see him being properly creative. That that That's the only thing. But I'm glad that we got what we got, do you know what I mean? But he's, yeah, he's, he, he doesn't seem to add a lot, especially in that first uh, episode. But like you have already said, once uh, Billy Preston turns up, he kind of wakes up, doesn't he? He's got like mm-hmm. somebody new to play with and things like that. I mean, I still, I, I still think he's an absolute genius. To be perfectly honest with you, even if he is on his tits, I think it's a combination of him. If he is on heroin, he's strung out or whatever. He's obviously not going to be as energetic as the mm. always energetic McCartney. But I, it's, I think it's also a little bit like he's he's in a new phase of his life as well, isn't he? He's got Yoko there. Yeah. And uh-huh. he's he's doing something different. Like the Beatles isn't his number one priority anymore. I don't think. Yeah, and I think I mean, that he's, comes he's, across. He's playing lead a lot, isn't he? Oh, he certainly is yeah. on Get Back. I love the lead guitar on, on Get Back. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sometimes he's playing bass on just a normal guitar, isn't he? He's not. He doesn't bother picking up bass. She's got the yeah. There's, there's a bit where he says like, "Oh, I, I wish I could. I didn't have to sing. I could just play guitar." 
Yeah. Um, quite enjoying uh, that, which is a bit uh-huh. indicative of where he is, I think. I don't think he wants to be John Lennon, the lead singer of the Beatles at this point. But he's quite mm-hmm. enjoying the jam. He likes the jamming stuff, I think. Yeah. Where he's just doing silly voices and playing old songs. I think he's in his comfort uh-huh. zone there. Um, I don't think he's really that bothered about the creative process like McCartney is, which is why the main songs are McCartney songs on this album. Um, yeah. But, I yeah. think he's still concerned, though, like with Apple and stuff like yep. that behind the scenes, isn't he? Because he's, he's talking about Alan Klein, isn't he? Which obviously is It's, is it's interesting seeing that bit, isn't it, where he's on about Alan Klein? Because I don't... I think that's a really nice... Not nice, but it's a, that's one of the little glimpses into the behind the scenes of the Beatles that I don't think we ever uh-huh. thought we would get. What about no, you, Luke? What yeah. do you think of Lennon in this? He just, he, like, I think like you say, he, for Lennon, it's the, the documentary or the style of that sort of film is two or three years too late in, in a sense, if you want to see him at the peak of his powers in terms of being a Beatle. Um, he just seems indifferent to everything. Mm. If, if, he is, if he is off his tits all the time, I think he, I think he does a good job of still functioning because yep. yeah. he's, he's still, he's still involved and he's still there. But he's very indifferent. He's not got any controversial opinions on anything. He's, he, he doesn't, he doesn't argue with Paul really, does he? Apart from the flower pot hidden microphone yeah, bit. So where, I wanted to yeah. talk about that. Blunt, and maybe that's something to do with it. Maybe because the cameras are there, maybe he's, he is behaving a little bit. But he, he does seem very indifferent to just about everything that's happening. Yeah, isn't it? But because he, he says like. You know that they're on about that trip to India, and he's like, "This is about finding yourself." But oh, I was wasn't myself at all. But this yeah. is my chance to do that, and I still don't think he is. Like, I, I still don't think he is himself. And even in that conversation after George has left in the cafeteria, I still think he doesn't say what he really means. He means to Wait, say to Paul, he, "Stop yeah, telling us says, what to do." I'm John Lennon. Don't yeah. tell me what to do. George, we're both the same. We both don't really listen to George, but maybe we should. And he just kind uh-huh. of half goes there. I don't think he really says what needs to be said to McCartney. I think he's scared of him a bit at this point. I'm not sure about that. I, he does say to him, I, I, I don't like the way that you've you've turned some of my songs or the, the direction that some of my songs have gone But he says, but in, I'm not going to do anything though. about it because you're Paul McCartney. Yeah, well, I can't remember that bit, to be perfectly honest. I mean, Paul McCartney's the opposite, isn't he? He's almost scared of Lennon, isn't he? Because Lennon is the boss, although yeah. not in this, is he? Because McCartney's the one driving Yeah, but McCartney says one. that. I think McCartney's a bit disingenuous in, in that a little bit. And when he's going, I don't want to be the guy who's telling you all what to yeah, do. Yeah, like, well, well, that's what he's saying, a good fucking job of doing it if you're not, not that keen on it. Like... <laughs> He's very happy to take that role. Somebody needs to. I'm not having a go to him uh-huh. for that. But I think saying, well, I don't want to be the guy that tells you what to do all the time. Mm. Like, well, maybe he could concede a little bit of ground sometimes then. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I, Yeah, because is... Lennon's long past being the boss at this stage. I've seen, I've seen sort of some people's opinions on it and some people say that, oh, he, he was still the leader. But he didn't mm. act like he didn't act like no, no, he, was, he, was, he was too laid back and reserved from that from that point of view. And mm. Like you say as well, Cliff. It, by this point, Paul might. Paul said at one point, "Oh, well, you're still the boss. You're still." The... Paul didn't believe that. No, there's not a, there's no not a, way there's not he a believes that. There's not. A, there's not a little bit of me that thinks that Paul believed. Paul was the boss, and he. I think he was quite happy in that. But he wanted. He, he wanted a bit more acknowledgement. I think mm-hmm. that he was the boss. I and think they, that I agree. Like, 
from Lennon as much as anyone. I, I don't think he. I don't think he was really bothered if other people sort yeah. of saw him as a boss, but he wanted John Cena. I think. I, I think he wanted him to say, "Well, yeah, if it wasn't for you doing this, we wouldn't do it." I think that's yeah. what he wanted him to say. But I think the thing is, I don't think John Lennon cared whether they did it or not. <laughs> no, he was, he was so indifferent to it all. So indifferent. <laughs> The thing that I noticed as well, that there's no real acknowledgement from any of them. Nobody says, oh, you're great, you are. That was great. There's none of that going on, is there? When no, that, that is weird. There's that one bit weird. with Ringo in the first, in the uh, second episode, and uh -huh. he stood with, um, I think he stood just having a little chat with Glenn Johns. Oh, and on the piano. I think yeah, they yeah. talk about like who'd want to see, who'd want to see us like this. They can't yeah. quite see where this documentary is coming to yeah. coming together. Yeah. Yeah. And McCartney's just sat there playing. It's either Let It Be or Long and Winding Road. And mm -hmm. Ringo just looks across very lovingly, and he doesn't yeah. say. I don't think Paul hears it, but he just says, "I'd I'd I'd pay to I'd pay to watch that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah. I remember that bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I remember much, that bit. So much yeah. love in his eyes, and mm -hmm. because he knows he knows what he knows what Paul is. He knows how good he is. He's fully aware of it, and yeah. again, that, that's just Ringo, though, isn't it? It's like I think Ringo yeah. felt like that about all three of them. Yeah, mm -hmm. maybe not all at the same time or not all together, but I think like Ringo is the one that they all worked with Ringo after this split up, right? They didn't all work with mm -hmm. all of them. Like they all worked with Ringo. I think Ringo yeah. is a legend. Like I think I think he's great. I think Yoko comes out with this quite well, but whether she's been kind of edited nicely, I'm not so sure. Um, I she tell you what, say anything, does she? She can't dance. Like she's got the <laughs> yeah. least rhythm. There's one bit where they they're playing a song and she's like, <laughs> she's got no fucking rhythm whatsoever. But I think she comes yeah. across all right. And what I think it kind of shows is like, well, Linda's there for as much of it as she is, but nobody yeah. mentions that ever. Um, I mean, there's some great foresight with the uh, Paul McCartney where he's, he's sitting down. I think it's very similar to the the bit where his eyes are filling up and stuff like that. And he's saying, you know, it's going to look ridiculous in 50 years time when people yeah. say the Beatles split up because, you know, Yoko sat on an amp. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that is what people, you know, yeah, think, isn't it? Like, it's a, bit, it's a bit unfair, I think, like on the basis of this, if this was meant to be, but yeah. Yoko at our worst. And I mean, there is one part where after the meeting, when George does leave, Apparently, John Lennon didn't speak in that meeting, and that's why it didn't go very well. He just let Yoko speak for him, which obviously is going to uh, piss everybody off. Yeah, do you know what George, I mean? I mean, George, of all the people who couldn't give a fuck about that, like George looked up to John so much, he would have been begging for his like assurances yeah. that this well, is your place. She, and Yo Yoko did make one little comment, didn't she? Bef before they met back up with George, and they were talking and saying, oh, when are we going to meet him then? Are we going to meet him Wednesday? And Yo I think Yoko said something like, well, yes, we'll, we'll meet him Wednesday then. Yeah, yeah. It was interesting it, yeah. where the way she said we. So like, yeah, like, yeah. like you say, if she's speaking on behalf of John at that point, yeah, no, maybe, no. He, maybe she had to, because if it, if it wasn't for that, he just would have sat there and I not think said that's, anything. I think that's the he case. Still like, been I, in feel, bed. I feel a little bit like she like maybe she was there he was like John Lennon's a complicated character right he might have been like when they were at home maybe he said I'm going to go to this recording sessions but I can't be bothered to get in any conversations or arguments with these guys so if it gets into it will you just step in you don't you don't know like that might have been what he said he was you know, maybe he, he was he's an anxious drug adult fucking yeah. confused guy wasn't he at this point 
But, well, um, there was an- another bit as well where he's sitting with Paul McCartney and he's saying, oh, I was watching the television last night. I was high and I was stoned and all this. And Paul McCartney goes, do I have to do this in public, Mr. Lennon? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think, so, uh, uh, little bits like that, isn't it? Little well, McCartney's all about the appearance, right? McCartney's all about the public appearance. He's always, mm-hmm. you can tell he's putting on his best performances. He's, I think what's funny and a little bit sad is Lennon, despite what he's like when you watch this, he's genuinely funny. There's loads of little bits where those little asides to the camera, he's raising his eyebrows, yeah. and <laughs> mouthing along to the he songs. Is funny. And he does those yeah. bits. He's genuinely funny, like kind of without trying, like even yeah. when he's not really all there. And I the think bit about the, 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 um, such the a try hard. I think that's Did the thing. Did you hear the bit about the scouts? Yeah, yeah, the scouts. It's about wanking. About wanking. <laughs> like, it does make you very short-sighted. Um, but <laughs> the Yoko's the, the, the 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 Yoko, shorts or something like that. Yeah. Yoko pretended she didn't get that, didn't she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She like, well, was very I confused. That, I think all of that just shows, like, McCartney is very try-hard, right? McCartney's trying to be the as funny as Lennon and as sarcastic and stuff. And I don't think it sits well with them. Like, it's not... That's not his forte, but you can see how he like looks up to Lennon a bit in this, and he's trying to be like be on a par with him, but he's not. And I think it's like a little bit sad sometimes when you see him trying to make those kind of jokes and do the accents and stuff like that. It's just that's not what McCartney's all about, I think. And uh, and it's it's nice to see how much he reveres him still. <laughs> Even in this situation, maybe he's just trying to suck up to him to get him back in the game a bit. I don't know, but it, it's interesting. You're watching like all of human life over this eight hours, really. All the mm-hmm. jealousies, the the interpersonal relationships, and stuff like that. I think it's absolutely fascinating. Like really fascinating. It was also interesting to see when like Peter Sellers turned up and Peter Sellers <laughs> didn't have a clue what they were talking didn't about. Didn't care about Love Ringo. Didn't know what else was going <laughs> didn't on. Didn't have a clue, did he? After about I found a minute, that, he was that, like, that That's was me, interesting God. as well because when, when Sellers walked in and they, they said hello, it was Ringo that jumped up and went and fetched him a seat. Yeah. And that, I think that says a lot about Ringo because yeah. everybody else was doing everything for all of the Beatles. The yeah. Beatles didn't have to move a muscle. Yeah. They didn't have to. They didn't have to get a cup of tea. They didn't have to get a sandwich. They didn't have to get a chair. Everything was done for them. They were sort of pandered to by all these yeah. sort of hanger-ons and all that sort of thing. But the minute Sellers turned up, it was Ringo that went and got a chair. And I, I just thought yeah. that was quite nice. I know it's a simple thing that people should do for people, yeah. but I thought it was quite nice. Well, he did do it. Yeah. But I think John Lennon was kind of very impressed by Peter Sellers being there, but like you say he, he would have he wouldn't have made moved to do anything for him no. there's, there's a part in Cynthia's book which I've read with uh, Peter Sellers came round I think yeah, and, uh, yeah. he was he was like manic and stuff like that because he wanted to impress him so yeah he obviously thought highly of him what but I, on, on just that, random stuff that we're talking about was what it? do you think about the level of food and drinks and stuff that they have I think it's well it's, it's weird, weird as fuck like that. They have a Much like, uh, yeah, Bobby Robson's Ipswich Town, if you've seen that Bobby Robson documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just have toast and tea. That's all they have. <laughs> it's weird, right? Like, they can't, they can't look after themselves. They don't know what they want to eat or drink. They're relying on these... I mean, these people are clueless, really, that are bringing them. Imagine a band now of that stature eating... Fucking toast and having like 
like it's weird. Like I just, I know it's a, a minor thing of this entire project, but I think like the the way that they live their lives and what they eat and and stuff mm-hmm. like that is is fascinating to us. That that's the amount. Of, that's a, that's about the amount of tea I'd get through in a day. <laughs> like, recorded, it's just it's just on, it's just on the go. Con, it is on the go. Yeah. Constantly. Um, do, so do you ask, do you point, ask someone got, that brings a pot of tea to you, Luke? The missus sometimes does because I can now record from home. Um, yeah, yeah. So she just listens out for little breaks where she doesn't think I'm recording, and she'll sometimes, yeah, she'll sometimes bring me one if she's on, <laughs> if, she's on if she's on the ball and it's a good day. But um, yeah, it's we are we are very much a band that we, when we get together and we have our like band meetings or we we get together and maybe go over some demos and stuff, it's straight away pop the pot of teas on and yeah. uh, there's, there's lots of top ups, not so much the marmalade on toast. <laughs> I've said the top of my marmalade too much. It's, it's weird. Like I don't get it. Also, I think look, was George and Ringo and Glyn Johns, absolutely fantastic dressers all the way through this. Paul, I'm not sure about Paul's outfits in this. To be honest, I'm, I like his waistcoats. Uh, his waistcoats are all right, but I think he's he's not at his best. And John. Just looks fucking scruffy all the way through. I think he's John. John doesn't, John doesn't look like he's in the sixties. That's the thing. About, that's the strange thing about John. When I look at John, and may, maybe that's my, my sort of wrong perception of things, but he looks like he's probably like early nineties to me. It's 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 a strange one. It's like yeah. they're taking him from a different uh, time zone. You see him playing the piano. He's got dirty fingernails and all that. He's like. I know I'm not a big fan of John. He was only 29. He was only 29. And you look at him and you think, fucking hell. Yeah, I think that's the thing, right? Like Like, when he died, he was 40. He's an old 40 when he died. He's an old 29 at this point. Well, he looked older than 40 when they were recording this. And but but I think the great what this is also one of the things I think he looks fucking mint. I think like there's parts of it where he looks great, but I don't think he looks like a 29-year-old fella. And, <laughs> I, and think I think there's also bits where you've got to kind of pinch yourself and realize McCartney's 28, Harrison's uh-huh. 27. Like these are young blokes. Like imagine Billy, yeah. Billy, Preston, Billy Preston was only 22. Well, was he? Yeah, 22. <laughs> really? He can't oh, that means he would have been 12 and <laughs> he was dead. He was dead. He was dead young. He was dead young when they were when he was out in, in Germany. He was, uh-huh. he was 22. I'm sure I saw that. That's mad. That. 22. I mean, 12 again. I'm, I'm double checking that now <laughs> as we speak, but I'm sure he was. <laughs> um, but like, yeah, I mean, McCartney's 28 and he's at the peak of his powers. The end of the Beatles, and he's only twenty-eight. McCart- uh, Harrison's twenty-seven, like, and he's just coming into his own. Of course, he's insecure. Of course, these guys, Lennon included, of course, they don't really know what they're doing. Like, they've lived their entire adult life up to this point, cosseted the most famous guys on the world in the world, the geniuses of all pop and rock music. Of course, if they're having a bit of a crisis of confidence, they don't really know what what, what to do with themselves. And of course, yeah, the, like there I is a lot a, of that, isn't there? Because they're talking about like we're nervous about playing live, mm-hmm. they haven't done it for so long, type stuff. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now the Beatles, it's like you don't think of so them think, having that crisis of confidence. And this is you? another thing that I think we're experiencing this retrospectively, right? And we're experiencing the Beatles retrospectively. So let it be to us is the last album, it's not as good as the rest of the albums, right? Essentially. Uh, but there's some good songs on in there. your opinion, Paul. Yeah, but when you 
but when you watch, but when you think about what it must have been like to experience it, like they'd gone from being the they were weirdos and outsiders at this point. They weren't after you know after Sgt. Pepper, the White Album. They've all gone their separate ways. They're all like long hair and beards and Indian music and all of this kind of stuff. They're not the popular figures that they were three years earlier, but we don't get that. Well, I think Magic or Mystery Tour might have had something to do with that. Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. Mm. So these there's, one are... guys, there's one of them guys in the street that's interviewed towards the end of the documentary where they, where they said, oh, do you like the Beatles? And he, he's probably only in his mid-twenties. He goes, no, no, they've changed. Yeah, that they've guy changed. is an absolute... Yeah, yeah. He's like, what nope. He's a prick, isn't he? <laughs> <What>? Nope. <laughs> History looks looks back on him as being a right twat. And then they look <laughs> back on that old guy is it, with the hat Isn't on there a guy? Like, what, lovely, yeah, what, lovely bunch of fellas. <laughs> yeah. Would, would you, See the would one where they said, would you, let him get, would you let him yeah. go out with your daughter? Of course, they've yeah. got money. He's like, yeah, they've got money. <laughs> yeah, he has a fella, little cheeky smile. There's a bloke that turns up at like the Apple offices and that, and he goes, "What's going on? What's this yeah. noise and stuff?" <laughs> it, it's almost the same guy, the one, the one that's complaining in the street. Yeah. But yeah, I think so. You know, this all builds up to finally they realise we haven't got any songs, or what we're doing, we're just doing the same stuff over and over again, which is frustrating. Um, but then McCartney's like, well, hang on, let's let's list them. We've got 10, 11 songs here. We think we haven't mm -hmm. got any. Let's go and do this rooftop, see how many we get. Let's do the five that we know we can do. Then let's record the other ones afterwards. So it all builds up to the rooftop concept, which everybody kind of knows. But I, I love the footage of that at the end of this. I think it's amazing. Yeah. All of those different um, camera angles. This oh. is the only bit where Michael Lindsay Hogg has earned his money, I think. <laughs> I've got a question for Luke though, because he's a musician. So, how many takes, or what's the most takes you've done on a song, Luke? We we normally so we record um, a rhythm track normally to get the drums, um, maybe one guitar and the bass down. We mm -hmm. normally don't go above three takes. Mm -hmm. We norm we normally because as soon as you go above three takes, you you start you start not playing it with the same sort of uh, feel. Um, it starts yeah. to become a bit of a chore. If something, we haven't got it down in three takes, we have then come back to it, but but sometimes we'll come back to it in a different session altogether. But most of the songs that we've ever released, yeah. the, the original bass track, that the, the bass of the track that we put down is normally three, take, three takes. There's, oh, there's right. too much time in this. This is the thing, like the Beatles, what the Beatles achieved in the time they were active, is absolutely amazing. There's a bit where Lennon says in this actually, where they're talking about putting get back out, and George is like, just put it out. It can be out tomorrow. You can get it mastered yeah. and out. And I'm like, yeah, just fucking do it. That's what this entire project's meant to be about. And John says, yeah, like normally we would have a single out, and while that one's out, we're finishing the next one. Yeah, and that's how they usually operated, right? But they've obviously taking more time between White Album and this. And there's malaise, like they don't know what to do with that extra time. They've given themselves 21 mm -hmm. days to write an album, but they could have recorded this album in two days. They've spent... It, also, the time frame of it all was it was so arbitrary, really. The only yeah, reason exactly it, it is. Done, the only reason was because Ringo was going away to film, uh, do a film. And Glyn Johns well, yeah. was going to record Beggar's Bank yeah, or something like that. <laughs> 
there's no reason why they couldn't have said, well, okay, should we come back in February, March? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It didn't have to be done. Yeah, well, they, it they is set themselves obvious, this yeah. target, and maybe mm. it wouldn't have happened if they didn't if they didn't do it in January. Maybe it would have never then got done. But it just it does seem very arbitrary. Like the documentary makes a big thing of that at the start. It's like they've got 21 days yeah, to yeah. do this. Or, yeah. 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 Frame really. this film. I get that. But yeah. Uh, they, but it is a self-imposed thing. <laughs> like the yeah. the Beatles, they could be like, well. Do what they want. Well, fuck the magic it's... Christian. Like, yeah. like, you know, they could just. It's say almost it, as if, like, because it was a, the idea for a TV show and, you know, they're the rehearsing all these songs, writing them, and then it's leading up to a TV appearance, that that's stuck in their heads. Yeah. I Do think you know what I mean? Right. And they get muddied by that and they talk. There's so yeah. many points where they're saying, what is it we're doing? Like, why were we just sit playing these songs over and over again? Like, Oh, we were just uh-huh. rehearsing for this TV show. And it's weird that they don't, they can't like think clearly about what they're doing. Like they don't seem to, maybe because they're in the moment, right? Maybe they just don't get it. But they're like, why are we playing these songs over and over again? <laughs> like, I don't get it. <laughs> what we do, we're not even doing this TV show anymore. So why we're doing it? And McCartney's like, yeah. well, we can do an album. And Lennon's going, we don't have enough songs. He's like, well, what do you think but then you've doing? also got George going. Well, I, I don't, I don't. All I want to do is play the guitar. They're all at, at kind of odds with each other at the same time. It's aren't aimless. They? Do you know right? what I mean? The entire project's aimless. Yeah. Their rehearsals uh-huh. are aimless. And I think one of the great things is you've got the concert right, which is brilliant. It's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Their performance, the fact that they were shoehorned into doing this rooftop performance is the best thing that could have happened to them. Otherwise, they would have still been fucking singing Everly Brothers songs through their teeth for another, like, five months <laughs> or whatever. Which is also amazing. On a bunch of scaffold boards that looked like they were about to give way at any point yeah, as we well. Know. Like, <laughs> not like a good when Ringo went up, it. when Ringo went up and looked how stable or yeah. unstable his kit was, and McCartney and he was like, jumps on them, I'm like, I'm don't, jump on on this. don't jump on it. <laughs> don't jump on it. And the wind is blowing, it must have sounded terrible. Like, it's not a great setup. It's amazing. But it's amazing what came it, out of it. Yeah, and the, the actual iconic, recorded version is the most superb. But uh-huh. if you think if they didn't have that, they probably would still be jamming on shit now, 50 years yeah. later. They were so aimless. Oh, and yeah. I think one of the best indicators of that is the rooftop performance finishes and then it goes, McCartney's like, well, let's go back in the studio and do the other songs. And then, and I think Peter Jackson's done this on purpose, they just start doing the stupid stuff again. And you're like, for fuck's sake, <laughs> can you just record those songs and get it finished? Like, the, the thing is, bit- right at the start in the first episode, McCart- they're talking about what they should do for a live show or whatever. And McCartney's the one that really comes up with the idea because he yeah. goes, well, we should trespass. Yeah, he says that would be that amazing should... if we got arrested. Imagine yeah. that. Uh-huh. Exactly. He's like, <laughs> he says it right really at the start. Uh-huh. Yeah. Really early. And there's one, there's one bit on the roof as well with that tre- the whole thing about doing something this shouldn't be. Do you know when um, the police eventually do get up? And let's face it, Mal Evans and that receptionist did the most amazing yeah, stalling job. Stalling yeah, stuff she, ever. She, she just used to go, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, who are you? Where are they? They were oh, brilliant. They were yeah, brilliant. Amazing, but there was, that, that, there was that bit where Mal eventually brought the two uh, police up onto the roof and McCartney, they're playing, they're doing a take yeah, and McCartney just great. turns around and sees the police and he turns around and all of a sudden he gets excited like yeah, a, he gets a six-year-old really, yeah. in a bag of sweets. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
an amazing moment. And then again, uh, he, he started tripping on. I've got to get arrested. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, William. I think that bit's great. Like, but and then yeah. George turning his amp back on after yeah, that. Mal's, yeah. Mal's basically bullshit at these policemen who know nothing about music or amplifiers or anything. Like, I'll just turn the PA system around, whatever. And then after about twenty minutes, they're like, "Can we go and have a look?" And obviously, Mal's has to turn something off at that point. And then George yeah. is just like, all right, then I'll put it back on. Stop playing again. Because one, one of the police says, well, can't they just, can't they just uh, dub the sound over the top of the thing? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. They There's might some be. some great and... interviews yeah. with that policeman, by the way, Ray Shaler. There's some great interviews with him in like recent times about his part in all of this. Yeah. So it's worth Googling. Um, he's made the grumpiest policeman I've ever seen in my life. He's brilliant. Like, why, why don't they make policemen's hats to fit them? Yeah, just go over the front of their face. <laughs> yeah, just right yeah, on that chair. Coming right <laughs> under, the, under the lip. I know. But the, I like one. how he just keeps saying, it's not necessary, though, is it? Like, <laughs> like no, it's not necessary. Of course it's not. <laughs> like, they're making music. It's not necessary at all. <laughs> Anyway, I just thought it was great. But um, I've got a quick quiz. Hopefully, you can get onto. But before we get onto that, I wanted to say uh, there's a few things I don't think we've touched on. But outside of that, we haven't actually talked about the album that much, um, and the songs on the album. I think for me that some of these songs resonate even more after watching this film. I think there's some great performances. Uh huh. Especially when you can now listen to the album and look back and you see the process of how it was made. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that that with any with any music with any song, it's really knowing soulful. the story behind it, it, it does help. I think it's proper mm-hmm. soulful, like kind of rock music, like the way that there were still the were still breaking new ground. This was meant to be doing old stuff, but I think the songs like I, I mean, Brett, me, and you have always loved. I've got a feeling, and two of us, and, and stuff two like of that. us. Yeah. I think I've got a feeling. It just gets better and better and better every time I hear it. Yes, I, I love I love a lot of the songs of of this this album. The two of us, especially, it's like Len McCartney sort of singing to each other, like a nostalgic sort mm-hmm. of, which is a lot of what they're doing, isn't it? I, I keep I think McCartney says, like, I think what we're the, just sitting here talking about the past. Do you I know think what it's I mean? That, Remember I think when we used that, to rock? I think they do that without consciously thinking about it i think that's the genius uh-huh. about why this actually is a great album or why it is a genius kind of thing they've come uh-huh. up with this concept that wasn't really fully formed but the idea of let's all get in a room together and play music like we used to and even though it didn't end up being that the songs actually are that like, yeah most of I them agree, not yeah. the not the <laughs> mccartney ballads when we start, when we started, we were a Beatles tribute act only for, only for about the first year or so. But um, it wasn't until watching the film and you sort of look closely at it, you think, yeah, we must have liked this album even at the time when we were first playing because we used to do eight of these live and in our yeah. sets. And no one, if you, if you ever said to me like, did you do much of Let It Be? I wouldn't have really thought much about it. And I'd be like, oh, we did a couple, but we did eight, yeah. we did eight of these live. And they're, they're fun ones to play live, but also because of the way the Beatles did them and recorded them, the doable as the doable as a live yeah. act. So, yeah, yeah. so yeah. there's certain things like on Revolver that's hard to replicate yeah. on stage. Let mm-hmm. Let It Be wasn't hard to replicate. And so. I think like the song Get Back, how that came about. Oh, we were talking about that McCartney a little bit, but how it then turned into a song. 
and also that's a, that's one of the bits where George is saying, I think we should do this, and McCartney's a bit dismissive. But actually, what George suggests, if you listen to those guitar parts that George plays and that outside of Lennon's really good solos, like George is right, how he's saying that should yeah. the, the kind of downward the, chords and that choppy guitar bit that yeah. just kind of drives that rhythm. It's a really like rhythmic kind of the other like thing that it's, like, so it puts cool. pays to is like the rumors that he's saying that the Yoko or whatever get back. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, because that that was the rumor that books yeah, that I've read yeah, and stuff like that. Where he's, that he's not about that at all. Do you know what I mean? So Seems to be it, like it kind of riffing on racism and you know that's what it's like about, that. isn't it? It was a protest song originally, wasn't it? Well, um, yeah. So um, I think it's great, but get it. Be uh, sorry, let it be naked. Has anybody listened to that more yeah. than once? I, I've, I've listened to it recently, actually. What it's got a lot of the Glenn Jones stuff, isn't it? At the yeah, time, I, I used to listen to it. At the time when it came out, I used to listen to it. Um, and I think when it first came out, I probably liked it more than Let It Be. But then as time went by, by I went back to the original version yeah, again. Yeah, I think it's a, um, it's a halfway house, I think. Um, yeah. Shall we talk about Spectre then and what he did? Well, they just, I mean, you just added spec their strings to it, didn't you? Like, they like, <laughs> but uh, that was a massive part of why the, and the court case sort of, you know, when they broke up, wasn't it? McCartney said that they, they sort of, they've changed his song around without his permission and all that kind of stuff. I don't think, really, I don't think that would have happened without his permission. Like, I think that's a bit, I think that's a bit bullshit. You think? What do you I, know, think of- I, I mean, I know what happened, how the thing progressed, but if McCartney yeah. didn't want that to happen, surely he could have just stopped that from happening. Yeah, <laughs> you think McCartney had enough power to not let something like that happen. But again, if they got to that point where they, they, they were struggling communication-wise with each other, yeah. and you never know. Something gets, something gets signed version. off without realising what you're signing off. And so the Glenn, you know the Glenn version, Glenn John's version of the album was something that the Get Back album is a, a bootleg I've always wanted to have and I've never had it but imagine if that had to come out it's like i mean, I think what the beatles were doing anyway was quite brave in this fly on the wall watch us record and write songs and see how we get onto it and all the while we're not being very nice to each other or whatever but imagine if the glenn johns version of this album had come out with all those mistakes in and a false start and stuff like that it's mental mm-hmm. like the the uh, Another point of why they're a revolutionary band, like that's what they wanted to happen. Mm-hmm. I think it's crazy. What do you think of that version, think, Luke or Brett? Sorry, I'll, I'll let Luke answer that. But what I read is that Lennon, I mean, the, the, they didn't like it. All the Beatles didn't like it or whatever. They, no, they, they, they rejected two versions stuff. of it. Yeah. But Lennon said, like, afterwards, probably retrospectively, we wanted people to hear that wash it. <laughs> Do you know what I well, mean? That was like, the idea, right? Great with all the like, overdubs and I stuff. I think that, that was the idea, and then they heard it, and they were like, we can't release this one. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah. that was what they wanted I, I, in the first place. I really like the, really the little bits between, and the little interludes, and the messing around, and, and the noises you hear. I don't like yeah. something to be too polished. So from that point mm-hmm. of view, the, the, the Let It Be is sort yeah, of... Yeah, but imagine... I'm, like, I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's up there, and it's that's, my favourite That's why we love the anthology, isn't it? Yeah. For that? Yeah. Do you know well, what imagine I mean? that coming out at the time, and the first, it begins mm. with one after nine oh nine and that false start. Imagine that was the new Beatles album, the next Beatles album that, and then it still goes into uh, "Don't Let Me Down" and they don't know what they're playing. 
Like imagine I can see, that why, I can see, I can see like, why they're you know. not for, I can see why they're not for everyone and I can see why you have to be a certain type of fan to for example love anthology and just be able to sit through and listen to the whole of anthology. I can see why people couldn't do that uh-huh. if you're not a massive But I'm not necessarily saying that that's a bad thing that that would have come out but I'm just saying like imagine the biggest band in the world bringing out an album where they fuck every song up <laughs> it's it's crazy that they would even consider it's like it. And I think that's what happened. Like when they listened to it back, they were like, "Yeah, we can't release this." I think they had all the great intentions to do it, but then didn't want to. Yeah. Anyway, let's have a Beatles quiz. I've got ten questions, and then we're going to say goodbye. Um, I don't know how we're going to do it. I'm just going to read the questions out. What's the name of the drummer who replaced Ringo for some gigs in the sixties? And that they talk about uh, the one that they talk about. Yeah, Nichols. Nichols. Brett, any advance? Stevie Nichols. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Go on. No, is it? Jimmy Nickel. Jimmy Nickel. Jimmy Nickel. Yeah. 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 Probably probably take the point for that. He's quite good, actually. If you, uh, Half a point. If you Google him, there's a bit of reading about him. Quite He's, a sad story, that. Yeah, it's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah. But a lot of reading to be done. Um, what was the first George song recorded by the Beatles? It's, uh, I think it's on with the Beatles. I think it's on with the Beatles. Don't bother me. Whatever. Thought you were Beatles nerds. Which <laughs> American city hosted the last ever Beatles concert? It's Shea Stadium. Where's Shea Stadium? New York. No, it's Candlestick Park in San Francisco. Bloody um, hell! What is the name <laughs> of Brian Epstein's autobiography? Stumped you all. I thought the it was Beatles. No, it's called A Cellar Full of Noise. I've never oh, read I've that. that. Yeah, I've got I would quite yeah. fancy that. There's only oh, one Beatles <laughs> album that is all Lennon and McCartney compositions. Hard Day's Night. Yes. Got it. Hard Day's Night. What was the last <laughs> Beatles recording session? Um, last ever Beatles recording session. Do you know what it was? Well, are you, well, cl- are you technically, technically counting free, free as a Bird sessions where they did all the no, overdubs? no. <laughs> Whether all together and alive. While the Beatles were still in, in existence, the last session was on January the 3rd, 1970. Was it all together? Lennon was gone. So it was only Lennon McCartney, was Harrison, and Ringo. And it was I, Me, Mine. And that's the song that appeared on the Let It Be album because they didn't have a version of it before that. And apparently they needed it because it was meant to be a soundtrack to the film and it was in the film, but they didn't actually record it when they were filmed. I don't know, fucking hell. Well, that we did well at that, Luke, didn't we? Well, it's, easy, got... it's easy when you've got the questions in front of you, though, isn't it? Of course it is. That's why he's done them. <laughs> What's the Jesus. shortest Beatles song? Shortest. Uh... Her Majesty. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah who's definitely. in the front when they're crossing the road on the Abbey Road album? Yeah, Ringo. George. No, it's John. <laughs> Oh, fuck it now. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was. George. He's looking around the room. He's got it somewhere. In the I thought it spike. was George, oh, and, I, and I definitely thought we could have that somewhere. Yeah, it's right in front of him. <laughs> well, that was a bit of a shit quiz. Wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I'll be I'll be snacked from any future Beatles podcast now. <laughs> well, Luke, thank you so much. We've got your new single on now. Tell us what it is. Uh, this one is about my second born. Uh, so last Christmas we released 
dear Genevieve about my um, eldest. Yep. And as soon as I released that, I realised I had to quickly write another one for the, uh, for the, for the <laughs> next one. So uh, this one's called Lola Emily, and she's named after the Kinks uh, song. But uh, So I added the middle name in, so it wasn't exactly the same title. So yeah, this one's called, this one's called Lola Emily, and it will go towards what becomes the third album. But that is um, in progress at the minute, and it's not, not even close to being done. It's some way off, but hopefully late late next year. But this is called Lola Emeline. Well, great. It's a nice, nice. Uh, little indicator of what the rest of the album will be like, maybe. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Luke, thank you so much. Cheers, thanks, fans and everyone. Take care. Thanks for listening to us ramble about the Beatles. See you next time. There were times when I thought we were dreaming But girl, now you have us believing Believing in the love that you bring, Lola Emily. Beautiful autumn breeze or a bird song whistling through the trees. Compared to you, they don't matter to me, Lola Emily. We're happy just to sit here watching, wishing and waiting. As adventure fills your mind and you share it with everyone close to me, you don't need no plans. You see how life ends. Keep smiling with your eyes and be happy. Hold us tight and keep us laughing with you. They say that nothing lasts forever.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.